Okay, so Ryan Tov, we continue. We're in the uh, learning the Sefer Das Hasviros. We jumped into Bina yesterday, which is the what I call the second level of thought, which we'll talk much more about that today to understand what's doing in the world of Bina. And Marshall will be happy to know that we also discussed the idea that there's 50 gates of wisdom that is in this area of Bina. And we just ended the class last week by saying that Moshe only knew 49 of the 50 till he died. Rabbi Akiva had all 50. But we also said what's on that 50th level, the highest level of Bina is what we call Amitas Himatzot the truth of God's reality. That's why I think we ended it. And I said, I have to explain more what that means. And we said, for example, Moshe had all kinds of difficulties in understanding why was God punishing the righteous and doing good for the wicked. That was something that Moshe had a lot of trouble with. And the and the Rav Yitzhak Isaac Hover explains Certainly Moshe had no doubts in his faith in God. He wasn't weak in the faith. He believed in God. He knew God knew what he was doing. That's not a problem. But he didn't understand what God was doing. He says, I'm not, I, I trust you. I know you know what you're doing. Can you give me the cliff notes, please? Can you give me the notes that are telling me why this is happening and, and how it exactly is working out? That he couldn't understand that. He's no less committed. He trusts Hashem. He's fine. But can't you at least explain it to me? So I'll understand that. That's the 50th level. Sorry, you don't get that. So that's the highest level of Bina. And we'll see what that's doing. That really is, it's, what is that touching? What is that touching? That is touching Chachma. That's the unlimited uh, thinking process that's not related to this world. That's obviously... That's the highest level of Bina is going to touch Chachma because that's such a high amount of, live, uh, of, of wisdom. And when Moshe died, then he was able, when he came into the sphere of Hashem, where he came to that world of Mamish being unified with Hashem and seeing everything, then he was able to even understand, but only in his death, not in his life. And this is the idea of the mitzius ha'amitis, the trueness of his reality. Because what's really happening is when you hit the 50th level, as I said, you're hitting into chachma. And chachma is the root of all of God's kindness of how he's bringing the world to the place he wants it to be. As Lutzado explains, he says, Hashem wants to do complete goodness in the world. Hashem doesn't want, and if God gives you handouts, you feel bad. You feel bad. I didn't do it on my own. That's why Hashem gave us mitzvahs, so we can earn it. And when you earn it, you feel good about it. And therefore, Hashem had a limit how much he reveals while we're in this world. Because if God would reveal everything, there'd be no challenge. If Hashem is showing you everything that's, you know, that person died, I'll tell you why he died. He, this is the best thing for, okay? So you don't have any challenges. So therefore, Hashem wants that whatever you think is bad, 
has to ultimately go back to the source of what it is, which is ultimately good. Because this bad that you think is bad, that's in this world understanding, but it's much deeper. When we come to the world where everything's totally connected to Hashem and it is revealed, then that'll be the greatest joy. I've said this so many times. The greatest joy that the Holocaust survivors will have. And I can only say the words and I can't explain it. Is that when Mashiach comes, or maybe even now in the world to come, that parent who watched their baby child murdered in the cruelest way, Hashem will explain to them why it was the best, and they'll say, you're right. It was the best. Thank you so much for doing it. Now you got to be in a whole different realm of understanding. There's got to be a, a shift, a paradigm shift, so incredible. When we live in this world, we got very, very little Bina. <laughs> okay? But that is really the pleasure of Oilam now, you're going to say, that can't be. You're going to say, that can't be. No, that has to be. And and, you're gonna, and, and Hashem is going to say, and you know what? And you were a loyal Jew. After not understanding that, ho, ho, ho. Now you're going to see what kind of rewards I'm going to give you. So that, that's, that's that concept. Because that pleasure that the souls get in the world of, of, of total reward, when, when Olam Haba comes, and you get the... Uh, the revelation of Hashem's true reality. What does it mean, the true reality? It's all the notes. It doesn't mean you're going to see Hashem and feel Hashem and touch Hashem. But you're going to say, everything that Hashem, with all His plans, you see exactly why that happens. And it never can be nullified. And as bad as things look, it's not going to happen. And that's going to be the greatest pleasure. And that's when you're hitting that 50th level of Bina, that you encroach into the world of Chachma. Okay, and that's what it means, the reality of Hashem. So what we're doing is, as you go up the levels of Bina, we're changing our thought processes of Amuna belief to Havana, to understanding. Famous story with a student of the Ramban, of Nachmanides. Okay, he was dying at a young age. And his Rebbe comes over to him. And Ramban wants to give him some words of comfort. So Ramban says, here, here's a piece of paper I'm giving you. And I want you to know, this is a number of questions that I have that I'd like to ask God. But I'm still alive, I won't be able to ask him. So I'm giving you a special shlichus, a special job. When you get to the next world, and you'll have this little piece of paper, ask him these questions for me, please. And you'll come back to me in a dream and you'll give me the answer. So that's a little bit of a solace that he gave to the student because the student, I'm sure, was a big believer, but still he felt bad he's dying young. Ramon said, okay, you're dying, but I'll give you a good job. It's a good job. Anyway, so the student died. They buried him with that piece of paper in his hand. And he comes to Ramban in a dream. And he says, Rebbe, I brought the piece of paper, and as soon as I looked at the questions, they weren't questions. There's nothing to ask. What do you mean I can't explain it? When you're in this world, these aren't questions. Okay, whatever that means. 
When you see the trueness of God, everything gets explained. That's the highest level of Bina. That's coming into the world of Chachma. That's the expanded, unlimited wisdom. Ah, but Bina, you remember we said Bina is we have to deal with pragmatics. And pragmatics, you run into problems. Yeah, well, in this world, there are certain pragmatics. I don't understand. Why is the righteous suffering? How do we cut it? How is the wicked person doing so well? Well, you know, you just, the best you could have is a moon. And there are certain questions that just don't get answered in that world of Bina. But when you get to the highest level of Bina, now you can get into that 50th level. Okay, and that 50th level is the place, the interface between Bina and Chachma. And that is really clinging to that greatest wisdom. And that's when Hashem said to Moshe said to Hashem at Har Sinai after the sin of the Golden Gap, show me your honor. Show me your honor. And we already said it, covet is Chachma. So Hashem said, I can't show it to you while you're alive. Nobody can see that and live. You cannot be within your normal human functioning reality. I have to make you non-human to understand this. And you can't be in the world with that. So what was shown, he said, but I'll show you the back. I said, I can't show you my, whatever these words mean, I can't show you my face, but I can show you my back. So in other words, what's he saying? I can't show you why I'm doing all these things, but I can give you like analogies, parables, that can give you a little idea of what's going on, but I can't give you the full story. And often this is understood as you can't know the reason now, but if you just hold on to history in the back 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, you'll understand why this happened then. In other words, you if you if you remember everything that's going on, then you will be able to see me only from the back. At the time that the crisis happens, you're not going to understand it. You can't. If you understand them, then you're not human. But if you can hold on to your history and just let it play out and remember things and be a good uh, a person who watches and monitors what I'm doing in this world, if you're using your wisdom, you will be able to, to be able to understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing. As we said many stories already in this class where you know, rabbis could say they know what's going to happen in the future. They could... And when it happens in the future, then we understand why things are happening now or what the what the quo pro quo of events are. So if you if you if you hang on long enough with the gift of time, you could see a person could say, I don't know why, I don't know why this should have fell through. I don't know why I can't understand. You'll find out. Sometimes a year, sometimes two years, sometimes, sometimes 30 years. You, you never know. You find out what, oh, if I would have had that person, right? In 30, sometimes it takes you many years till you find out. And, and then if you would have only known how good things developed because of that, you would have been jumping up and down at the time that you lost it. Ah, but if I do that, then you're not human. I can't keep you in the world. There's no point in keeping you in the world if you know everything. So, but if you find out 30, 40 years later, Okay, you're still going to be a human. And that's what Hashem was saying to Moshe. Okay, now therefore, the Zohar says something fascinating. When we're dealing, now that's, that's Bina right at the top. 
Okay, so don't plan on ever getting there in your lifetime. Okay, you know, but get excited when you leave this world. That's going to be one of the exciting things. If you're really a good boy or girl, you're going to get that level of Bina, and that's going to explain it all to you. And you may have a lot of regrets. Oh, if I knew now, then what I knew now would have been a lot better. <laughs> so that's going to be part of your Gehenna, is realizing all the mistakes. But there's, but Hashem will say, but there were a lot of tough things, and you held on with your Muna. I want to know how, how this was amazing that you did this. So that's a great thing. But in the lower levels of Bina, where most of us are at, the Zohar says a fascinating statement. He says, in the world of Bina, the Zohar says, there's a place for questions. Okay? Because that's the lower level is based on what we understand. And therefore, we can try to understand, but we have a lot of questions. Okay? Because why do we have questions? Because again, what did we say? Chachma is beyond. Okay, our Chachma tells a lot of things. Hashem's in charge. Hashem is omnipotent. Hashem is all good. These are amazing ideas. But now you look at this world and you have all kinds of questions. I'm using my brains. I'm trying to figure this out. I got questions. Why did this person die so young? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? In the world of Chachma, says the Zohar, there's no place for any questions because it's so high. There is no questions, as we said before. The Ramban's student said that. So therefore, the realm of Bina is the realm where there's a lot of questions. Now, the Svira of Bina is also, as another code word, is called Mi. Mi. Menyut, which means who. Now, Chachma obviously is Ma, because Chachma has the words... Koach ma. The last two letters, Chachma, is ma, is what? So Chachma is what? Bina is me. So what does me mean? Well, first of all, what's the gematria of me? Mem Yud is the gematria of what? Mem is 40, Yud is 10, that's 50. Well, there's 50 gates of wisdom. Rabbi Akiva said, famous statement, he says, you, fortunate are you, the Jewish people, that you can be purified, and he says, Who purifies you? But it's Hashem who purifies you. But what do we see a little deeper now? That me means what's really the place of purification? It comes from the sphere of Bina. Bina you want to pure, you're a sinner. You go, we're going to talk about it. You go to the mikvah. The whole idea of purifying means you're doing tshuva. Where is tshuva coming from? Where, what do you have to access? You got to access the world of Bina. That's the world of the second thought. That's where tshuva comes from. And therefore purity comes from Bina, where there's 50 levels. And Rabbi Akiva, who was able to hit the 50th level in his lifetime, he says, it's me, Matar Eschem. Because even though generally me has questions on it, and you may have questions, but that's part of the purification process. And the Ra'avad commentary says that the 50 gates of Bina are hinted to in the book of Job. When Job was having this big argument with God, and when at the end when God, Mamish, gives him the knockout punch, 
Hashem asked Job 50 questions. He, he says, do you know how the heaven works? Were you here when the world was created? He asked him all kinds of questions. He says, because I am a master of the 50 uh, chambers of intellect, the gates of intellect. You aren't. So don't ask me these questions, baby boy. You have a lot of questions. That's good. I understand that. That's fine. But you're not in a place to ask the You don't have enough information to know the difference. And that's why Bina, as we said, the Sphira is relating to Olam Haba. Because the, the flow of Olam Haba, that aura, is all full of Bina. As we know, the person's first three Spheros are Kesser, Chachma, Bina. Those three are in the head. The seven lower ones are in the body. And just like the head is not limited, we can imagine and there's no constrictions at all. So that's what Oilam Haba is. It's an unrestricted reality. Okay? And um, since the top three are not restricted, the seven ones are restricted and they have boundaries. So here's where the interesting thing happens. So where does the rubber hit the road again? As we said before. When you get to the bottom of the three, as it hits the top of the seven. That's where the rubber hits the road. So now, the when you get to Bina, which is the lowest of the highest levels, and now it has to deal with Chesed, Gvura, how do I feel? What am I going to do? So now, that's where the collision happens. And the Bina is saying, Bina said, you understand so much. You, I've had second thoughts. I'm really looking into this more. So any place where there is this collision or interface of Olam Haba, whenever you hit with that, which is a world and, and, and the world of physicality, you're always going to find the sphere of Bina. So where do you find that? Shabbos, which is the seventh day after six days of work. So where does the world collide with the world to come? That's Shabbos. It's a taste of the world to come. And therefore Shabbos gets the influence of Bina, where now we can think. Shabbos, they have a lot of thinking. Second thinking, to maybe rethink how the last six days went and put them in a context of something a bit higher, okay? Which now takes us to another interesting uh, part of Torah understanding, and that's Shemitah. The seventh year where we let the land lay fallow. So what is really happening? When you have a Shemitah, what are you having? You're having the interface with this world and the next world. Because in this world you work to make your farm grow. Right, But now, what do you have to do? You're in the world. You're sitting in the farm. You're not doing anything. And you're still going to live. That's not logical, says Spock. It's not going to happen. You haven't grown anything. You're not going to live. So that's where that's, the oval is Bina. And what happens after seven times seven Shemitos? What comes next? 50th year is called Yovel, is the Jubilee, and that now approximates the 50th gate of wisdom. 
Now, not everybody's going to get there, but that's already two years of not working in a row. You follow what's happening. And therefore, uh, it, 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 it's, it's so beyond the count over here. And that's why uh, Shemitah is a sign of the seventh millennia. The seventh millennia, what's going to happen, the world will cease to exist as it exists now. Hashem will go through a thousand years of reconstructing the world. He's going to create a world, I can't even describe what it's like. It'll be physical, but it'll be impregnant with spiritual realities that we will see and feel and touch. And that's where Shemitah, that's where the Shemitah year, where just like we just watched the world get destroyed. My farm is getting destroyed. Yes, it's getting destroyed, but when you're going to turn around, it's going to be rebuilt. It's going to be rebuilt. And every year, seven times seven times seven, and then we come to the 50th. What happens after the seventh millennia where the world gets destroyed? Comes the eighth millennia, and what's that? That is all about. That's where Hashem is finished with the construction, whatever that means. And now you're going to see the real reality, and that's in the world of Chachma now. And now you're going to the world where there's no questions, everything is perfect, and that really is hinted to in the Yovel, because what happens in Yovel? What's one of the things that happens in Yovel? First of all, all the property goes back and everyone becomes free. People are free. And Bina now is understood now as the world of freedom. Okay? Now let's think, in other words, whatever you were imprisoned by, that was from the way looking at the world the way it is now. But when you put Bina into the world, you're not, you're not a slave anymore. And that's what we say in the future when Olam Haba comes. Listen to this. People who were mamzerim will be purified. Don't ask me how that's going to happen. A mamzer is when a married woman sleeps with another man and has a kid. That kid is permanently tainted. Guess what? He's not going to be a mamzer anymore. Explain that one to me. When you get to that world, they'll explain it to you why it had to be and what had to happen and this and that and all these other things that are supposed to happen. The chazir, the pig, will be kosher. That's why it's called chazir. Chazir means to return. It will become a kosher animal. How's that going to happen? You will see. It's all in the world of freedom. And that's why most interesting, how do we know the way we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah? If you look in the Torah, it doesn't tell us. It just says that they are blowing. Okay. Where do we learn it? I'm not going through the complicated Talmudic exegesis. But I say we learn how to blow the shofar from blowing the shofar on Yovel. As we know, the shofar is hinting to a lot of things. There's 10 reasons why we blow the shofar. One is hinting to the great day when Mashiach comes and God will blow the great shofar. And the shofar of Rosh Hashanah really learns all its uh, uh, practicalities from the shofar of Yovel. And what does Yovel mean? Imagine you were an indentured servant for 50 years. Guess what happens? You're free. Okay? And therefore the shofar is coming from the world of freedom. And if that is the freedom that happens in this world after 50 years, can imagine the freedom that's going to happen when the great shofar blows to bring Mashiach. So these are all ideas where real freedom, real freedom comes when your mind is in the right place and you're not enslaved to other things in this world. 
And now with this, we really can understand that Bina is most connected to the world of Tshuva. Because Bina, remember, is not, it's also not limited, although it has to factor in. It's the second thought of how to live in this world. But it's not affected by the physical. The three higher spheres are not affected by the seven lower spheres. They're giving the direction. Okay, now if the brain is giving you the instructions, you'll stop sinning and you will purify yourself with a tshuva from all your sins. And that's what Bina is about. Bina is where you can really think harder and make the free will choice. Often when we sin, it's because we've abandoned our free will choice. Someone entices you to do something, you have a free will choice, say, what the heck, let's do it. On a lark, let's do it. And you do something disgusting. Let's see how it feels. Okay. It means you, you became a slave to somebody else. Maybe peer pressure. Okay. So all sins come from the physical pressures that are brought to bear to a person because after all, you're a physical being and the physical world is being, giving you pressures. And you can come to doing a sin. Think of the last time you didn't have error. Was it because you had spiritual feelings or physical feelings? Okay. And you didn't feel, you couldn't get, I wasn't free from it. I was, I was caught in the web. You know, literally caught in the web of sin. Where that is now, they didn't know a hundred years ago what they meant. Caught in the web of sin. Okay. And now you are removed from that. So therefore you can understand that Bina has to do with Tshuva. <clears throat> so let's think for a minute. We go to the order of the brachas of the Shemona Esri. Okay? First three are introductory. What's the fourth one? It talks about Bina. Understanding. What's the fifth one? Tshuva. Hashem is Harotzeh Bishuva. Why is that? Because without first, so, so when you're talking to God, first after the first three introductory brachas that are telling us we understand how powerful you are. So the first thing I'm asking is for Bina. Why? Because Bina is where all the good thinking happens, where the second thoughts come into the world, into so your brain. Did you say das or Bina? So das, right? And, but it's, it's so Bina, Bina Vahaskel. Yeah, yeah, There's das too. We're gonna, but 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 it's yeah, yeah. it's understanding. It's really the bracha of of bina. Right. We'll, we'll, when we get to das, we'll explain how that. But but bina is the critical point. Without the bina, without bina, you can't do tshuva. You can't do tshuva. The next bracha is tshuva. How are you gonna do tshuva? We say you give us a, a bina vehaskel. So therefore, only when you have bina can you have tshuva. And therefore, Bina is also, uh, and therefore, in the world of Bina, there's no place for sin. Because Bina is in the world of thought and not in the world of action. And we know the top three levels, Kesser, Chachma, Bina, they're all in the mind. The seven are below. But in the world of thought, it's you can't sin in the world of thought. Now, obviously, if you take your thoughts and decide to have disgusting thoughts, you can sin in your thought. But in general, the thought is not a place where the sin is. The sin is in the world of action. And therefore, we have to understand that if you want to do tshuva, this is the critical point. We get to the month of El, we want to do tshuva, how are you going to do tshuva? You're just going to say, I don't want to do it anymore. It's going to take a lot of deep thought, a lot of bina. And it's interesting 
the word Elul, Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed, the Gematria 77. The word Bina is Gematria 77. So therefore, the, now you begin to understand, what am I supposed to do a month of El? Not be going on vacation. So not a good time to go on vacation. I know sometimes it's in the end of August. Go on vacation before. But month of El is Bina. When I have that Bina, then I can get ready for Yom Kippur because Yom Kippur is the ultimate Bina. <coughs> if Tshuva comes from Bina and, Shab, and, and Shabbos is Bina, and Yom Kippur is called Shabbos Shabbos on Sabbath of Sabbath. Because what do we do on Yom Kippur? We go out of the seven lower realms. We don't do anything physical. We're out of the physical world. So what am I doing if I, There's nothing to watch, nothing to eat. There's nothing physical to do. All I can do is be in shul. So what am I doing? I'm thinking. I'm having second thoughts. I'm not in the boundaries of the lower seven levels. Now, you say, I don't know how to do I can't do that. Yes, you can. You have Bina in your brain. Now, the rabbis give us instruction how to bring out the Bina in the person. And not just, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. Forgive me. That's not what Young Kippur is about, although that's part of it. But when you're into the realm of Bina, it's not possible to sit anymore. Now that gives us a whole framework of how to look towards Yom Kippur, not just a day to beat your chest, but a day to clue into that higher level of intellect. And when you're in that higher place, just like when you're in the higher place, you don't have any questions on God anymore. When you're in a higher place, you look at what you did last year and say, was I nuts? I'm so embarrassed. How can, now that I know what I know, I've looked deeper. I've given it a second look. Just disgusting. How could I have done such a thing? And then you you want to get rid of that. Okay, we'll stop it there. We'll continue with mikvah. Forty years to be done. Other interesting topics still to go. Okay, Thank go you. ahead, everybody.